What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Hey, friends, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. And we want to make sure that you know about all the other exciting ways to get more exclusive content from The Bill Press Show. We're on Patreon. Did you know that? On Patreon. So to go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash BP show to get videos that nobody else gets. All we ask is five bucks a month and you get access to daily commentary and every week, we put up a special interview just for our Patreon subscribers. Hey, it's a great way to support progressive media and get your hands on some fun, new, exclusive content. Thanks so much for supporting the show by going to patreon.com slash bpshow. fight the Trump administration. This is The Bill Press Show, live at youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Donald Trump is either mentally insane or he's a traitor. Maybe both. Hey, hello, everybody. What do you say? Unbelievable. What we're facing, what we got to talk about today on this Tuesday, July 17, we saw a performance by a president of the United States unlike any that anybody has seen before, a president of the United States who stood up in front of the world and said, I don't trust my own country, I don't trust uh, our own leaders, I don't trust our own intelligence officers, I put my faith and my trust in this murderer standing alongside me by the name of Vladimir Putin. He might as well have burned the American flag. He might as well have turned in his American citizenship. He, t- You know, Vladimir Putin gave him a soccer ball. Donald Trump should have put on a jersey, one of those black jerseys, because he's playing for the Russian team, not the American team. Holy mackerel. So much to talk about. And what are we going to do about it, and what are Republicans going to do about it? It is, I believe, Donald, clear that Donald Trump is guilty of treason, and any Republican in the House or the Senate who refuses to condemn the president and refuses to vote to condemn him, if not impeach him, is as guilty of treason as Donald Trump is. That's what we're talking about today. Your comments, eight, uh, send us your comments on Twitter, at BP Show, on Twitter, at BP Show. Yes, we will try to uh, tell you how outrageous this is from every angle that we can with the guests that we have today. But first... This is the Full Court Press. Just a couple of other stories making no, news. Believe there... it or not, there were other things that happened well, yesterday. Well, thank God. Yeah, well, let's start with right here in Washington, D.C., the MLB <laughs> All-Star Game is oh. happening tonight. And last night was the Home Run Derby featuring Bryce Harper. 
made it to, oh, I'm sorry. I'm stupid. No, no, no. I'm I, I, I'll, I'll, I always forget about oh, this. God, I always this the forget. the damn day. And the the only thing dumber forget. than tonight, the All-Star game, is the freaking I don't home understand how much you hate this. I don't understand why you hate this so much. But last night was the home run derby. Bryce because Harper. it means nothing. Well, okay. I mean, none of this means anything, Bill. But but let's just say this. All right. Bryce Harper was contending. He uh, he did a very good job. He made it to the final round. But with about a minute left in the final round, he was down 18 home runs to nine. And then he impossibly hit nine straight home runs to tie Kyle Schwarber from the Chicago Cubs. And then he got 30 seconds of bonus time because he hit two home runs that were so far. Here's what it sounded like in bonus time. 24 seconds. Swing at a high fly ball center field. That will do it. Bryce Harper here in Washington, D.C. The Washington Nationals outfielder hoists the trophy. And he is your 2018 T-Mobile Home Run Derby champion. Bryce Harper is only the third player in Major League history to win the Home Run Derby in his home stadium. Ryan Sandberg did it uh, back in 1990, and Todd Frazier did it in 2015. Uh, I'd just be happy if Brian Harper hit some of those home runs during the regular season. Amen. As the Post pointed out this morning, even if it was just for one night, the Washington Nationals and their fans fell in love with Bryce Harper again because they haven't had a lot of love this season. Mm -mm. Uh, Also, yesterday was Prime Day, Amazon Prime Day. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you tried to go online, but I actually (laughs) did a couple of times, and it was plagued with major, major problems. People were having a hard time getting access to Amazon to order the Prime Day. They shut down. Yeah, they had to shut it down. Yeah. They had to shut it down. It started just after 3 (laughs) o'clock, which is when Prime Day officially started. And it was it didn't happen until they didn't get it fixed until later on in the day. No. Jeff Bezos can actually screw up yeah. just like everybody else. <laughs> this is the Bill Press Show. Whose side is Donald Trump on? Uh, Well, I think we found out yesterday he's not on our side. What do you say? Hello, everybody. Whoa. What an incredible, disastrous, disgraceful performance yesterday on the part of the President of the United States on the world stage, given an opportunity to stand up for the United States and get in the face of this thug by the name of Vladimir Putin, our number one adversary, Donald Trump compete, completely capitulated, caved in, surrendered. He did everything but wave the American, uh, the white flag. He did everything but ra- wave the Russian flag. He did everything but burn the American flag. Hello, everybody. What do you say? It is the Bill Press Show. Not exaggerating. Not one bit. If you watched that news conference yesterday, it's Tuesday. July 17, and the question today is, what the hell are we going to do about it? What can we do about it? What will Congress do about it? And especially, what will these cowardly Republicans, is this finally what it will take to get them to recognize that this is 
This is no longer Democrat versus Republican. This has no longer anything to do with partisan politics. This is about saving our democracy. It's about saving our country. It's about standing up for the United States of America. It's not Republican versus Democrat. This is about survival of, of who we are as a people, as an American people. We cannot tolerate having Donald Trump in that White House any longer. And we'll have some guests in to help us through that today. Ray Locker will be joining us from USA Today. Congressman Dan Kildee from Michigan and uh, our good foreign policy guru, Joe Cirincioni from the Plowshares Fund. And, of course, you are our most important guest of all. You watched. If you didn't watch, you saw the replays of it, the news conference yesterday. Your reaction, your comments, your suggestions. Again, what can we do? Uh, send us your comments on Twitter at BP Show, at BP Show. As we join you nationwide on online on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Joining you, of course, uh, on Free Speech TV and nationwide. Hello, Free Speechers. And uh, on the radio, statewide in Indiana Talks and on the, in, out in the greater Chicago area, all over the greater Chicago area, on the great WCPT, the progressive voice of Chicago. So the president yesterday, you could tell almost from the very beginning. First of all, it's pretty frightening. Let's just put this out there. It's pretty frightening that the leader of the free world and our number one adversary, the biggest thug on the planet, uh, even, I think, worse than Kim Jong-un, Vladimir Putin, uh, they had this little meeting. They met one-on-one, only translators in the room, for over two hours. Now, especially after you saw the news conference, you got to be scared to death about what happened during that two hours. And we don't know because nobody else was in the room with him. Not the Secretary of State, not the National Security Advisor, not the Chief of Staff, not the Press Secretary, nobody but the two of them. God knows what Donald Trump gave away during those two hours. God only knows what he agreed to. But I'll tell you one thing, Vladimir Putin won't forget. I'm sure Donald Trump has no idea what he said. You know, he lies so much and makes stuff up so much, and he hears what he wants to hear and all that. But Vladimir Putin, I'm sure, kept track of every single thing that Donald Trump said, everything that Donald Trump promised. And he will attempt to take full advantage. Two hours alone, Donald Trump, with the craftiest, sneakiest, most evil man on the planet. I mean, Putin, I thought yesterday was very instructive. One at one time, he sort of smiled and said, hey, I'm a former KGB agent. I know how this stuff works. Say what you will about Vladimir Putin. And you just said a lot. Evil guy, bad guy. Borderline dictator. Uh, borderline. <laughs> but like a yeah. very, very smart, accomplished oh, guy. Crafty, Diabolical. Yeah. Oh, yes. Diabolical. Absolutely. Evil. evil. Personification yeah. of evil. And he knows what he's doing. So at any rate, they come out of that meeting. Unlike then Trump. They, then they have this working lunch, and then they come to, you knew. I mean, I thought, you, we knew we were in trouble. The very first thing that Donald Trump said when he started out 
by saying that times have never been worse, but relations between the United States, and he, he had tweeted this earlier, relations between the United States and Russia had never been worse, but it's different now. Here's Donald Trump's very first words. Our relationship has never been worse than it is now. However, that changed as of about four hours ago. I really believe that. Now, think about that. What he is saying is all these troubles with Russia disappeared. Everything behind us, everything between us, all the problems we have with Russia disappeared four hours ago. What had happened four hours ago? They shook hands. So for Donald Trump, the, just the fact that he shook hands with Vladimir Putin, everything's resolved, everything's settled, it's all over, no more problems. That's what he's saying. That's exactly what he said with North Korea. It's the same thing. All he wanted out of this is what he got out of North Korea. That's all he wanted out of North Korea was the handshake saying, I, I shook hands with this guy. No other president has done so. I shook hands with Vladimir Putin. We had a one-on-one. Nobody's had this kind of a meeting. That's all Donald Trump cared about. But, of course, he went on from there uh, to uh, talking about, about, of course, the question came up. And, by the way, good for the White House press corps in this case, Jeff Mason from Reuters and uh, John Lemire from uh, AP, who asked really good, tough questions. Um, so, Mr. President, you're standing there alongside of Vladimir Putin. Um John Lemire says, so will you look at them right now and denounce what they did and tell them we don't want this ever to happen again? In other words, do you believe your intelligence officers or do you believe Putin? Here's Donald Trump. I hold uh, both countries responsible. I think that the United States has been foolish. I think we've all been foolish. We should have had this dialogue a long time ago, uh, a long time, frankly, before I got to office. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he think said, "Think about that. I mean, yeah. just, just just think about that. the The United States acted foolish. Right. What uh, exactly did the United States do that was so foolish? Foolish, and stupidly. Yeah. Right. She said. He uh, said know, that. It reminded me of when Barack Obama got in all that trouble over um, uh, Henry Louis Gates. Remember when the police officer tried to arrest him getting into his yeah. house, and Barack Obama said he believes that the police officer acted mm-hmm. stupidly, mm-hmm. which he did." The police officer. Yes. And people freaked out over that. Yeah, but but Donald Trump was saying the entire country was entire foolish country. and acted stupidly. By the way, for years, that means what he's really saying is under Ronald Reagan, under George H.W. Bush, under Bill Clinton, under George W. Bush, under Barack Obama, all acts uh, until uh, Donald Trump, right? And as far as whether he believes our intelligence agencies or uh, Vladimir Putin, he gets very precise on that. I have great confidence in my intelligence people, but uh, I will tell you that President Putin was extremely strong and powerful in his denial today. And so, therefore, he's not taking sides. Case closed. Case closed, right. Yeah, on the one hand, Dan Coats, our director of national intelligence, said just last week, that Russia did this, they're doing it again. Remember, he gave that speech and he said, the red lights are blinking. So I have confidence in but at the same time, if Vladimir tells me he didn't do it, then I have to believe him too. You know what this is? This is, I kept thinking about this during the news conference. 
This is Donald Trump's moral equivalency. It is just like Charlottesville, where he said, bah, you know, there's some good people on both sides, and there's some bad people on both sides. After these neo-Nazis and these white supremacists take over Charlottesville and kill one woman and chanting about Jews will not replace us, Jews will not replace us, and Donald Trump said, oh, there's some good people among those white supremacists, good people among those neo-Nazis. Yeah. He said the same thing, same thing in Helsinki yesterday. Yeah, Russians are bad, but we're bad too. We're no worse than they are. We're just, we're just like all the same. All the same. I mean, unbelievable. Un, just, he didn't throw, he didn't just throw the intelligence agencies under the bus. He threw the United States under the bus. There's the president of the United States, again, standing alongside Vladimir Putin in a world audience, trashed the United States, said he could not believe our intelligence agencies over what the Russian, what Vladimir Putin told him. And remember, this is all 17 intelligence agencies. This is the director of national intelligence. This is the bipartisan Republicans and Democrats, Republicans controlled it, on the Senate Intelligence Committee. All of them, all of them. And, and, and on top of the department, his own Department of Justice, ours, but his administration's, Department of Justice, just last Friday, in painstaking detail, stunning specificity, outlining how 12 military officers working for Russia had interfered with and plotted and hacked into our election system. On top of all of that evidence yesterday, Donald Trump says, yeah, I just don't believe it. I don't believe it because I, and then he went on to his whole thing again. Because I won this election fair and square, and uh, I beat Hillary like a like a rug, you know. I mean, I beat her easily. I ran a brilliant campaign, uh, and this whole um, it, probe by Robert Mueller is nothing but a p- little plot cooked up by Democrats because they can't accept the fact that I won the election. It just—it it was just—it was mortally embarrassing. But it was more than that. It was really dangerous to see a president who would not stand up and defend the United States. We've—we've we've never seen anything like it, you know. And I—I—I I, I said yesterday um, that it's time to start thinking about Donald Trump uh, in terms of the word treason. Boy, that was before this news conference. To me, there's no doubt now. He is either mentally insane or he's a traitor to this country. And what do we do? Or maybe both. Or maybe both. Yeah. And what do we do uh, in in face of that? Um, So there was some reaction. I guess that's the big question. What what do we do? Um, Let let, let me just point it. I just wanted to run through it because I I made a little list. So here are the things that Donald Trump said. How bad it is before we get to the reaction. Uh, repeating some of what we just said, but he did say he believes Vladimir Putin. He believes Putin when Putin says Russia did not attempt to interfere uh, in the 2016 election. He said it several times. Look, I asked him, but he said he didn't, so therefore he didn't. He said, this really got me. He doesn't see any reason why Russia should have interfered. 
I can't understand why they would have done so. I know why they would have done so, because they didn't want Hillary. They wanted him. In fact, Vladimir Putin admitted that yesterday for the first time. Yes, I wanted Donald Trump to win because he would have, a, in Putin's view, a better relationship with Russia. So, but uh, Trump says he didn't see any reason why, why Russia would want to do this. Uh, he said, thirdly, he believes that our intelligence, we just talked about this, he believes Putin's telling the truth, but our intelligence agencies are not telling the truth. He still insists that the Mueller investigation was started by Democrats after the election, when we know, in fact, it wasn't. It was started by the FBI during the campaign because George Papadopoulos was meeting with Russians and looking for some dirt on Hillary. Get this. This really got me. He blames the Mueller investigation for the fact that we don't have better relations with Russia. So he blames Robert Mueller for that. He doesn't blame Vladimir Putin for, uh, let's see, uh, how about invading Ukraine? Uh, how about uh, annexing Crimea? How about shooting down a Malaysian airliner? Uh, how about supporting Syria in its use of chemical weapons? Uh, how about interfering in our 2016 election? Um, how about killing his political assass having his political rivals assassinated? Or how about poisoning former uh, Russian spies on UK soil? No, 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 none of that. Uh, uh he doesn't blame Russia for any of that. He blames Robert Mueller for the reason we don't have uh, b better relations with Russia. Putin's done nothing wrong. Uh, Mueller's done everything wrong. Uh, as you, we pointed out a little bit earlier, Peter, he said yesterday uh, that uh, in dealing with Russia, the United States has acted foolishly and stupidly. And then he accepted the offer, <coughs> pardon me, of Donald Trump, which... Our intelligence uh, officials reacted, I, I could not believe Vladimir Putin suggested this, that he would send Russian agents over here to work right inside the FBI, sharing all of our secrets and help us get to the bottom of this. Then he would send a team of Russian agents over here to go into the FBI and work alongside of Robert Mueller in trying to figure all of this out. And Donald Trump said, that sounds like a great idea to me, a very generous offer. Unfreaking believable You know, I, I think... Why not give them the keys to Fort Knox seriously. while they're at it? Seriously. Yesterday, everybody was really hung up, and rightfully so, uh, on <laughs> the things that Donald Trump said about, you know, how he believes Vladimir Putin and that both sides did this. But that point that you just made... That, to me, is the most shocking part of all of this, is that you have an American president who has invited mm -hmm. Russia to come here and work inside the FBI. And the CIA. And the CIA. And the NSA. Oh, yeah. I mean, just, just to give them full—just come on in. Yeah, right. Come on in. Yeah. That is insane. By the way, I wouldn't let France do that. No. I wouldn't let the U.K. do that. I wouldn't let— Finland do that, I sure as, you know what, would not let Russia do it. I mean, we've been doing this show for a long, long time. 
The Republicans are the party of what national security. That's what they like to. That's what they like to tell people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you're inviting Russia. <laughs> you're inviting Vladimir Putin to come in and just run rampant. Uh, by the way, um, <laughs> Putin. I mentioned that he did uh, admit that he wanted Trump to win, uh, which is, of course, why they did this in the first place. Um, Putin also said something um, very uh, uh, I- interesting yesterday. Uh, in a follow-up interview with uh, Chris Wallace from Fox, of course from Fox, um, Donald Trump gave two post-press uh, uh, conference interviews to Trump, one with uh, Sean Hannity and one to Tucker Carlson, and Vladimir Putin gave his interview to Fox to Chris Wallace. Uh, but he told Chris Wallace, when Chris pushed him about um, uh, the hacking into the DNC, uh, Putin denied it, but then he said, but... Let me just point out to you that everything we found out was true. That even the Democrats have confirmed that all of that, the DNC siding with Hillary, all that, all that kind of stuff was true. So therefore, since everything we got illegally by hacking the DNC was true, therefore, there's nothing wrong with it. That was Putin's classic defense. As to the reaction yesterday... Um, yeah, yeah, some Republicans spoke out. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. That That's sort of the sound of one hand clapping, because that's about all you can give them for. I mean, um, John McCain had probably the strongest statement out from Arizona saying no president in our history had ever put on a more shameful performance. I'm paraphrasing, but that was the gist of his comments. Uh, Bob Corker retiring head of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, um, saying Donald Trump was just a pushover. The president's comments made us look as a nation more like a pushover. Uh, Jeff Flake, Arizona, who is also retiring, uh, said it was a shameful performance, uh, and he says the Senate ought to do something. The Senate ought to very quickly. Uh, passed legislation and resolution in support of the conclusions of the FBI and DOJ with these indictments and reaffirm our commitment to hold Russia to account. Uh, and there are other critical voices, even uh, Mitch McConnell, Paul Ryan, Lindsey Graham, even Newt Gingrich, Marco Rubio. Uh, the only voice that actually came out full bore in support of Donald Trump was crazy Rand Paul. Who can be right sometimes? Sometimes he's he definitely can be right. Not right we, on and this. we give him credit when he's right, but he's not right on this one. He just said, well, everybody does it, so what's the big deal? Uh, but anyway, but back to these people, even the, the, what gets me about these Republicans who finally will say a critical word about Donald Trump, what are they going to do about it? Absolutely nothing. They will just roll over because they're afraid of Donald Trump. They will. This is a time, this is a time when two things ought to happen. Number one, in the Congress, yeah, they should pass a resolution condemning Donald Trump's remarks. They should pass a resolution affirming what the Justice Department said about those 12 Russians and affirming that Russia did, it, 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 uh, did interfere in the election, maybe even pass some more sanctions. Um, maybe they ought to start impeachment hearings because, as John Brennan, former head of the CIA, said yesterday, uh, Peter, you've got to tweet, if this was not treason, man, I don't know what is this was John Brennan's tweet right after the press conference? He said Donald Trump's uh, <laughs> quoting him, uh, where you could follow him at John Brennan. 
Donald Trump's press conference performance in Helsinki rises and exceeds the threshold of high crimes and misdemeanors. It was nothing short of treason. Not only were Trump's comments imbecilic, he is wholly in the pocket of Putin. Republican patriots, where are you? And um, John Brennan may be reflecting uh, the definition of treason in the Constitution. Does it meet the test? Here it is, word for word. Treason, Section 3, the Article 3, Section 3, the United States Constitution. Treason against the United States shall consist only in levying war against them or in adhering to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort. Giving our enemies aid and comfort. If you're looking for evidence of treason, if you're looking for evidence of the president giving aid and comfort to the enemy, uh, watch again the news conference yesterday with Vladimir Putin. So I said one thing, two things ought to happen. Number one is Congress should act. These Republicans get off their ass and act, if not now, when? And two, if there's anybody with any self-respect still working for Donald Trump, particularly in a position, uh, a top position, a position of authority, if Dan Coats has any self-respect, if Dan Coats has any soul, if Dan Coats has any love for this country, after the president threw him under the bus yesterday and said he believes Vladimir Putin over him, our director of national intelligence, Dan, I, I don't see how Dan Coats can stand that job today. Dan Coats ought to resign. George Pompeo, secretary of state, should resign. The, whoever the new head of the CIA, I forget her name already, uh, should resign. John Mattis, Secretary of Defense, should resign. Anybody, again, with any brains or any self-respect or any soul, how could they, how they could still... John Kelly, if anything, ought to drive John Kelly out of the White House. This ought to do it. I mean, and by the way, that I think things could start to unravel if we see a John Kelly and a John Mattis and a Dan Coats particularly step down. You know, we, we talked about this a little bit before the show. Uh, I, I was not that surprised that this was Trump's reaction to the press conference. I, I just that that's just me. I think that Trump has proven himself to be completely uh, unbelievable at moments. And like I understand that a lot of people are really, really upset at what he said yesterday, and rightfully so. That you should be very upset by that. But I think that Donald Trump has proven that he's going to do whatever the hell he wants to do. And so now, as upset as the media is getting over the Trump comments, I think that that should be shifted towards people like Mitch McConnell, Mattis, everybody else that they interview. The question should should be, and you should be as mad at them as you are at Donald Trump, how can you possibly serve a president who hates America like this? Yeah. Well, I don't disagree with you, except I have to say this. As low an opinion I have of Donald Trump, he exceeded my worst <laughs> Uh, expectations yeah. yesterday. I think he went beyond even where his critics would expect him to go. But yes, now he's not going to change. No. Now, he's not going to change. Now the entire burden is on Republicans in Congress, particularly Republicans in Congress. I saw, for example, that one county Republican chair out in like Michigan or Illinois or something resigned yesterday and said, I'm no, I can no longer be part of this party headed by this. Oh, that's fine. 
Yeah. Okay. For great. But you know what county out in Michigan? Okay. Right. All right. Okay. Good. But let's have somebody with some clout here in Washington D.C. to do the same thing. Finally, uh, again, Ray Locker joins us next from USA Today. Finally, just one final point. Okay. Donald Trump. How many times yesterday he repeated again? No collusion. No collusion. No collusion. What? If you watched that news conference yesterday, you saw collusion, my friends. That was collusion in real time in front of the entire world. We saw it happen. You cannot say, you, I don't think you could ever say, but certainly now, you can't say there's no collusion between Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin. We all saw it. Quick break. Ray Locker, Washington Enterprise Editor for USA Today. And don't forget, your comments. Bring them on uh, on Twitter, at BP Show. Quick break. We'll be right back. Take the Bill Press Show anywhere you go. Download our free podcast. Search for the Bill Press Show on iTunes and catch the highlights from every show. All right, here we go. Tuesday, July 17, another big news day in the era of Donald Trump. Every day is a big news day in the era of, Do- era of <laughs> Donald Trump. And we're to, we run fast trying to... Uh, uh, keep up with it with the help of our uh, good friends like uh, Ray Locker from USA Today, who is uh, joining us right now. Ray, nice to see you. Great to be here. And we're coming to you live from Washington, D.C., brought to you today by the United Steelworkers and their international president, uh, the one and only Leo Girard, the United Steelworkers, North America's largest industrial union, representing over 1.2 million active and retired members. Keep up with their good work at their website, usw.org. Uh, uh, as you can imagine, uh, Ray, Twitter went mad yesterday, oh my and God. Uh, and our Twitter feed has been going mad uh, this morning. Peter, trying to keep up with it. Yes, indeed, we are on Twitter at BP Show. BP Show. You can chime in with your comments there. Uh, so many to wade through. Let's just jump right into it. Walker Ogden says, "You guys are so correct in where the burden lies, but unfortunately, it appears there is no backbo- backbone in any Republican in any office. They are more guilty." than Donald Trump. Perhaps they are just scared of their donors. NC Nomad sort of repeats that sentiment. The GOP is going to do nothing, so they are complicit in this treason. Matthew Naughton says, watch for an announcement from Trump Industries that they will build a Trump Tower in Moscow. (laughs) How low has this Mm. administration gone? And uh, Viejo Verde says, (laughs) remember kids. Wait a minute, old green? Yeah, Viejo Verde. Yeah, there you go. Uh, says, says, uh, See, my yeah, Spanish yeah, yeah, shining through here. Uh, says, remember, kids, treason is a capital offense. If you have oh. any comments for us, a great way to find us is on Twitter at BP Show. Okay. All right, Locker, you've been around the media a good, a good, a good deal of several years. Do you ever see anything like yesterday? Oh, never. Never seen anything like it. Never heard of anything like it. I mean, we've I had... I think we can all say that. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, no great statement. No one has seen anything like it. It was remarkable. Um, I must say, I thought the questions yesterday were right on. I right. was proud of our colleagues. Yep. No, they did a huh? great job. Jeff Mason, uh, Reuters, uh, John Lemire from uh, AP. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were like right between the eyes. Yeah. And they forced people to answer. Mm-hmm. And they did answer. I mean, Trump. I mean, Putin. Do you have anything on Trump? 
Whoa. And he didn't answer the question. He here, did not say no. Right. Here is Putin's response. I mean, part of Putin's response to that uh, yesterday, saying, first of all, he said, "I when Trump came to Moscow for the Miss Universe contest, I didn't even know he was in town. Now, this, this we could go off on a whole tangent here. Right. But if you read Donald Trump's account of the Miss Universe pageant and his interviews at the time, yeah. he said... He talked to Putin several right. times. He yeah. might be my new best friend. Yes, yeah. all of that. At that time, Putin, uh, Trump <laughs> was bragging about, uh, and he invited Putin to the meeting. So yeah. uh, th- th- there's a little show, yeah. something shady there. But he said, so I don't even know he's in town. And American business people come to town all the time in St. Petersburg. There were like 500 of them showed up for this one meeting. So here's what Putin says. There were over 500 American businessmen, the high-ranking, the high-level ones. I don't even remember the last names of each and every one of them. Well, do you remember, do you think that we try to collect compromising material on each and every single one of them? Well, it's difficult to imagine. <laughs> but not impossible. Right. That's not exactly a denial, right. is it? Hey, we had to work really hard that weekend, you know? I mean, of course they were getting compromising information on those guys. That's what they do. I mean, I remember, uh, I've been to Moscow twice. I remember I went there as a reporter. And I knew that in my my hotel room, you just take it for granted. Right. It's bugged. Yeah. At least audio and probably video as well. Sure. I mean, I just, I was very, very careful about any phone call I made or anything I did, I mean, or said, well, I was in that room. Yeah. They've done that for years. Remember columnist Joseph Alsop, kind of a Kennedy guy, name, but yeah. conservative, uh, big cold warrior, also closeted gay man, went there, was bugged, was blackmailed um, in the 50s. I mean, that's what they do. Yeah. So um, there was some, pardon me, we were just talking about this. There was some reaction, uh, a, a whole litany of Republicans, even those who usually try to duck, at least come out and said, we want to be sure everybody knows that we support the United States and our intelligence agencies and not the Russians. So Mitch McConnell, Paul Ryan, Jeff Flake, Bob Corker, Marco Rubio, Lindsay, even Lindsey Graham, even Newt Gingrich, uh, they're going to do anything? No. Oh, right. No. <laughs> no, you're right. I, I mean, know. Uh, let, let's see uh, Jeff Flake say, I'm not going to vote for Brett Kavanaugh to be on the Supreme Court. He's not going to say that because that's the kind of nominee he supports. And that's okay. That's the process. But eventually, if you say that what the president is doing is you know, unconscionable, you need to do something to show that there are some consequences. Right. And I don't know where that line is drawn. But it has to be drawn somewhere if you're going to have any credibility. We keep asking that, right? Will there ever be a line, right? I mean, I had this conversation with Tom Steyer, Mr. Impeachment, right? Uh, where I was telling him it's just not going to happen this year. And he said, no, you're wrong, because you know he could do something so bad that the Republicans even would turn against him. And I just said, Tom, I wish you were right, but you're wrong. Uh and now I still think I'm right. Now we'll see. Right. I mean, these guys like Trump because he's doing what they want, not in the way they want it. They'd prefer somebody who played within the normal boundaries. But tax cuts, they've wanted a tax cut. That's been their policy. They ran on that. They wanted judges like Kavanaugh and Gorsuch. Right. They're getting them. So they're happy. 
Um, I don't you know. A lot of other people are not happy, but for them, they're getting what they want. I think you 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 hit it uh, right right on, and particularly with the judges. All right, tax cuts they've got the judges. Uh, for example, tariffs. They're not happy about the tariffs either. No, and they but, shouldn't be. I mean, no. it goes against decades of Republican economic orthodoxy. But he's given them yeah. Brett Kavanaugh. Right. He gave them Neil Gorsuch. Yeah, and those things endure far longer than what could be a very temporary tariff policy. Right. Um, so you say there's nothing going to happen in the part of uh, Congress that's not going to do anything. How about um, members of the administration? This is some somewhere. Maybe I was in the Post today or somewhere on the front page uh, about pressure on members of the administration after yesterday to resign. Pressure on calls on Mattis, Dan Coats, George Pompeo, John Kelly. Anything? Do you well, think? Kelly might resign. I mean, he's coming up on a year in that job. He was he's going to happy. anyway, right? I mean, if you look, I saw some picture <laughs> of him in the front row at the news conference yesterday looking like he was ready to have a heart attack. Um, well, just like he did at that breakfast with, uh, um, who was that? I forgot who it was, but he has it just last week. EU remember? breakfast, yeah. The EU breakfast, right. Yeah, hey, it was because he got a cheese plate that he didn't oh, want. That's he right. wanted <laughs> to have an egg. Sarah Huckabee Sanders said it was just, yeah, he didn't like that fruit and cheese. He wanted to have an egg. Right, that was it. That was it. It happened so fast. But uh, but I could see one will make the argument, you know, if you're a man, of, if you're a person of principle and you have a conscience and you really believe in what you've been saying all these years, how can you... You know, serve this guy. You rationalize it by saying you don't serve Donald Trump, the president. You serve the United States of America, and John Huntsman, ambassador to Russia. Right. There's right. a good example too. Really skilled good man. person, a good, good person. Man. Yeah. Everybody, everybody agrees on. He's representing the United States. You know, when he goes and meets with the Russians, he's not necessarily carrying the president's water, but he's representing what he believes to be the interests of the country, and that's what a lot of these guys do. And it's maddening to people who don't like Trump because I think everybody is looking for that one thing that's finally going to make Trump go away. And it's not going to happen. I mean, unless there's an election. Uh, It's an accumulation of things that drive people crazy. And come November, I think we'll see that it's not going to work out well for him. But there's not going to be a magic bullet that's just going to vaporize this president. And... So the hope that people are going to resign and somehow one resignation is going to catalyze all these people in this public opinion to rise up, I just don't think it's going to happen. You know, the other part of that, by the way, is I think that a lot of people are looking at this Russian thing and saying, like, oh, Russia stole the election. We would never actually, like, elect someone like Donald Trump to run the country. But I think that that's really – we have to really take a look at that. We did elect Donald Trump. Russian meddling and all that, yes, is part of it and and all that. But, like, we have to come to terms with the fact that we as a country elected Donald Trump to be president. And it's— Yeah, I, I, would, not, I would not take the position that without Russia, he would never have been elected. Right. Seriously. But I think a lot of people— Hillary ran such a, a lousy campaign. Totally. But I think a lot of Democrats do. I think a lot of Democrats think that we, like Donald Trump would have never They're been not president in the had real it not world. been for Russia. They're not living in the I would say. I would say, too. I mean, you go out and talk to people who voted for Trump, and, you know, a lot yeah. of people in yeah. D.C., and we talk to all the time, say, how could you do that? 
they make a pretty good case for why they did that. They didn't like Hillary Clinton. That's one thing. They and they also, liked what he was saying. Now, what he did yesterday. They wanted somebody to yeah. shake up the whole system. Right. They're, they're sick of politics as usual. Mm-hmm. All those, I've all, heard all right. those arguments. And too many Democrats in this bubble, right? Right. Ignored them. Yeah. In part because a lot of Democrats in this bubble came from places like that, and they don't want to go back there, and they're like, okay, I get these people, and I don't agree with them. But it's true. If you're going to represent the whole country, you got to be out in the country. you got to talk to people. And, you know, that applies to everybody. we got to talk to each other and find out that we have a lot in common. So so that raises a question about will – do you think what happened yesterday, on top of everything else, but particularly what happened yesterday, would ha- will have any impact or could have any impact in the midterms. Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, you see that his approval ratings, 42 44%, still not a majority, um, not 35% like they were at times last year. But there's an accumulation of things that are getting to people. And, um, you know, I think come November, we're going to see that play out pretty in pretty striking fashion. Um you know, it's one thing to say that you like him. It's another thing to go vote. And I think some of these supporters just feel beaten down by the whole process. And they're like, oh, I'm not going to go do this. So does it become, in effect, 2018, whether it's Congress or Senate or governor, um, a referendum on Trump? Oh, I think so. I think in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, plus the whole cyclical nature of politics. I mean, a lot of these governors in Midwestern states have been in office right. for eight years. Yeah. It's very natural for parties to change control, particularly in a governor's office. Uh, harder on a legislative level with the gerrymandering so locked in the way it was. Um, but, yeah, I think it will be a referendum on Trump. Yeah. I mean, I, I could see – yeah, I hear this argument all the time, um, and, and there's some truth to it, that Democrats need more than just being anti-Trump to win, right? And they do. And I think they do have more things that they talk about. But I, I can also see – that you can make every case, whether it's ripping kids from their families at the border right. or siding with Putin over our intelligence agencies or whatever right. things, just say, whatever else you do, I want to know, do you stand with Donald Trump or not? Yes or no? Yeah. Yes or no? Put If I were a Democrat running for, I don't care what, I would make that, I would make sure that, let's say if I were Democratic chair, that every Democrat make sure that every Republican have to answer that question. Yeah. And Whose side are you on? You hear all this talk, oh, they don't have a policy or they don't have proposals. Well, you just articulated some right there. We're going to change the immigration policy. We're going to preserve health care. Yeah. Um, we're not going to act the way Trump does on the foreign stage. That's a platform. Sure. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be something carried down from the mountaintop. That's a platform. He's against what you say you want. You run on that. That makes sense to me. Right. So I do, I do think that that will have some implications, and maybe that's where you'll see more Republicans sort of uh, try to express a, you know, put a little distance between themselves and the president. You're seeing it. I mean, you see some of the people who came out yesterday, like Peter Roskam of Illinois, got a tough race for reelection, distancing himself, naming the president, which a lot of guys didn't do, yeah. but the people who have a target on their back are naming him and saying, this is not what I stand for. Ben Sass has been one of the most um, outspoken. He's right. not up this year, I don't think. but No, he's but, up in uh, he's, two years, I think. Yeah, but red state, and right. yet willing to take on Donald Trump right down the line. Yeah, But has he? 
Well, no, no, he, no. He sounds he, cool sounds, doing what right. he's doing, no, but that's right. has yeah, he voted point. against anybody important? I mean, he's got a voice and a conscience, but when it comes down to doing something that really matters, he gives the president what he wants. Uh, I know this is sort of uh, contradictory, maybe, but I do believe it, that um, it's going to be very difficult to ch- bring about change as long as the economy continues to boom along the way it is. Uh, I think that's true, but... I mean, mean you know, if, 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 if the economy were sinking today, right, with everything else that Trump is doing, I think it'd be boom! He'd be, he'd be in the 20s, you know, yeah, in terms right, of support. Right, and these Republicans would be saying, we've got to do something. Right, well, look at what happened with George W. Bush. His last year, I mean, he was in the high 20s, low 30s, and the economy was starting to tank. Um, we don't want the economy to tank. No, I, that's but what even, I mean. I, even so, he's not doing very well. I mean, look at Bill Clinton. He goes through this whole impeachment thing. He leaves office. He's got 65% approval rating because the economy was doing very well. Um, mm-hmm. People forgive a lot of things because of that. They're not really giving this president that kind of break. Do you think the uh, tariffs will have an impact on that economic, you know, kind of? I think we're already seeing going? some of that happen, where companies are saying we're not going to do this, or we are going to do that. We're going to leave, or we're going to move, or right? Gonna, yeah. Um, I mean, the Harley Davidson thing, where they're going to manufacture some bikes overseas to get around the tariffs. I think that's one sign of that. Um, whether that registers with some of these Trump voters in those places who are going to lose their jobs, I don't know. You know, people it, identify it, as a tribe sometimes more than as an you know keen economic actor. It seems that it has to translate, pardon me, into loss of jobs and higher prices. Right. If you go to Walmart, you're paying more higher prices. I mean noticeably higher, not yeah. just, you know, a couple of pennies here or there, but noticeably higher, or at the supermarket or at Walmart or whatever. Gas station. Gas station. I mean, we are yeah. seeing that. And apparel. I mean, that's one of the things I think that we buy most of. In fact, sure. at, you know, Ivanka Trump's stuff is all made all in made China, in right? third world country, yes. Most of our apparel is made of And if, yeah. if those prices really start to go up significantly, maybe for back to school wear and all that kind of stuff. You might see some impact. You know, if people associate that with Trump, he's been very good at blaming Democrats for a lot of things that Democrats have no control over. But people want to believe that because that's what they want to believe. And, you know, it's always been that way. I mean, mm. remember Richard Nixon. He There were people who still liked him even after everything about him and after he resigned. He probably had 30 percent support on top of everything, you know. Right. So, it's always been that way. So it, Margaret Sullivan has an interesting uh, um, column in the Post this morning where she makes a point that since you can't count on Republicans to do anything, really, um, that it's up to the media to keep the pressure on. What is the role of the media vis-a-vis uh, a Donald Trump who c- cannot, could not tell the truth if he tried? You say he's not telling the truth, and I think, you know, most of our colleagues do that. You know, they don't write in the headline every time, liar, but they say, this is not true. This is an incorrect statement. Um, You know, I think that we do what we can and trying to be objective. And I know it's difficult because when you say someone is not telling the truth, people who like that person say you're taking a side. And that's unavoidable. And he's made it that way. And I think, I don't know if it's a conscious policy that he has, but it works for him in a way because it makes 
the whole relationship even more adversarial. He can say, look, they're out to get me. But like in your position as an editor at uh, Washington, Enterprise Editor at USA Today, I mean, the tradition is when you're reporting on a, just a, you know, an issue, a policy or something coming out of the White House or out of the Congress or wherever, you, you try to say, you know, okay, these guys say this and these guys say this, and so this is what the issue is all about. Right. That's difficult when you're dealing with Donald Trump because they're not necessarily there's the truth and, and there's not there's not the truth, right? Well, there's what he says, yeah. which is often divorced from the policy itself. Now, the challenge of covering this administration is they are pretty thinly staffed in a lot of policy areas. So to find that person in the White House who is driving huh. any particular policy is difficult sometimes, and we've had that problem. You know, early on, we wanted to do a story about Trump and H-1B visas, in which he had talked about, you know, immigration for tech workers and so on. We couldn't find the person at the White House who could talk about it. And so that changed the entire tenor of the story. You know, we were looking for, you know, people on the Hill who could say, we don't know who to talk to. Um, That makes it difficult to say, you know, this is what this guy is doing, and here's why. And... You know, th- that makes it hard to do stories that, you know, I specialize in, enterprise stories, which are not necessarily the daily breaking news, but things that look deeper into policies mm-hmm. and why they happen. And if they can't explain them, then we have to go to other people to explain them. And that makes it difficult to tell their side of the story. Uh, by the way, I just thought of something that we did not talk about in our first half hour that is sort of re- related Um, And I'm sure USA Today reports on I haven't had a chance to look at your page yet this morning. But over and above the Mueller investigation, the Department of Justice on its own yesterday indicted a Russian woman uh, based here in D.C. who was trying to set up meetings. Her job was to infiltrate political organizations here, starting with the NRA. Right. Right. And try to, and she was using contacts to try to set up a meeting between Vladimir Putin and Donald Trump during the campaign, and she's been indicted for uh, as a foreigner, yeah, interfering in the American over and above the other stuff. You know, where does this start? Stop. Where does this start? Where does it end? I was I was watching my Twitter feed yesterday, and I started seeing mentions of that, and I'm like, what is this? And I clicked <laughs> yeah. on it, and I'm like. What did this happen today? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, you no. know it's like, yeah. No, every I know. every day with this White House, there is something that happens that would be the biggest story of two or three weeks in a previous administration. It's the biggest story for fifteen minutes. Uh, if, this this whole yes, story. If, I mean, if she's infiltrating the NRA, she's trying to. I mean, there's yeah. Russian money. Who knows? And it's like, we don't even know if it really happened. And, and who was she operating for, right? Who I mean, knows? Yeah. yeah. I mean, but again, this is independent of the Mueller investigation. Yeah. yeah. And, and and the White House is still denying there was any involvement of any Russians at all in the election, and they keep popping up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the new season of the Americans, you know. I mean, they're bringing it back because there's so much new good material. I mean, and honestly, if like if you were to try and put this into the Americans, it would be completely unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, completely unbelievable. Yeah. And and also, I thought the idea. 
that, okay, we've got to get to the Trump base, so we're going to infiltrate the NRA. NRA. Right. And and they think nothing of it. Like, who's this woman with this heavy Russian accent and this bad red dye job trying to give us money or set up a meeting? Like, nobody goes, uh, do we want to do this? Is this a good idea? Quickly, just about 45 seconds here. Do you think uh, now when the president's, the president's back that he's going to wake up today and there's going to be any uh, attempt to maybe correct the record on the part of the White House? I think we saw some of that last night. Uh, Some of his tweets that seemed to try to shade what everybody had seen. Yeah, I think we will see some of that. I think uh, we'll see some tweets trying to justify what happened. We saw what we saw. You know, I mean, is there the expression, who are you going to believe, me or your lion eyes? My lion eyes. <laughs> Maybe they won't invite the Russian agents, however, to come over and infiltrate the <laughs> FBI and the CIA. Maybe they'll. Maybe they'll have a change of thought. Oh yeah, that, that happened too. I mean, oh, I was yeah. like, what? Oh, whoa, whoa <laughs> yeah. man! All right. Yeah. Great to see you, Ray. Thanks Great so to be much. here. Follow Ray, of course, on all of his colleagues at usatoday.com. Congressman Dan Kildee will give us his take on what we might expect from Congress in reaction to yesterday's news conference. This Coming up next is the Bill Press Show. Hey, friends, don't be a stranger. Keep up to date with all of the Bill Press Show happenings around the clock on social media. Here's how. You can follow us on Twitter at BP Show or on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Bill Press Show, and on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. And remember, if you haven't already done so, make sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And while you're there, please rate and review the show. That means a lot to us. And thanks so much for your support. Everything you need to fight the Trump administration. This is The Bill Press Show. Live at YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Whose side is Donald Trump on? Uh, I think we found out yesterday whose side he's on. He's not on our side. What do you say? Hello, everybody. It is a Tuesday, Tuesday, July 17, the day after that disgraceful news conference yesterday in Helsinki. With the president of the United States um, just bending over to the president of Russia, total cave, and he did everything but uh, burn the American flag in front of the uh, eyes of the world. And that's what we're focusing on today here on the Bill Press Show. Good to have you with us as we reach out to you nationwide, uh, coast to coast from our studio here on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., where we are joined today by our good friend from Michigan's 5th Congressional District, uh, the Honorable, how do you like that? The Honorable, honorable. Uh, Congressman <laughs> Who Dan, else is coming in? Dan, <laughs> Dan Kildee. Hey, Congressman, how are you? Yeah, I'm great. All right. Well, I'm, I'm okay. It's always hard to ask people these days, yeah. how are you doing? Because yeah. you usually get a pretty depressing answer. I know. Uh, well, lately yeah. the best thing that I have. If going you said on, you were doing good, I would say, yeah. so "What's wrong with you?" Yeah, <laughs> right. how can you be? Right. You started to say lately the best thing that I have going on is that I'm just getting over shingles. So there that's the best thing that's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I got that going for me, which right. is nice. Yeah. <laughs> so can't complain about everything. Yeah. <laughs> we got it. Want to hear from you as well? Uh, keep your comments coming. 
Uh, you've been uh, very active this morning, and we like that. Uh, we've got to fight back here. Keep your comments coming on Twitter, at uh, BP Show. Uh, and we will uh, discuss that incredible scene yesterday and what we might expect, if anything, uh, from uh, Republicans in Congress with uh, Congressman Dan Kildee. But first, Peter. this is the Full Court Press. Yes, indeed. Just a couple of other stories making news this morning. Okay, so we talked last hour about Amazon Prime Day. That was yesterday, and it was a big mess. It was a total disaster for Amazon. Their website went down. People couldn't get online. But Amazon also got some other news yesterday. By the way, I never knew why they called it Prime. I didn't participate. Were there discounts on Prime? Yeah. Well, no. So, so if you're a if you're a Prime member, yeah, which I am, they. They slashed the prices on a bunch of different things, a bunch okay. of different items. You oh. could go on and shop and get things for cheap. Yeah. yeah. In theory, I tried to go look at some. I couldn't Except see it. Crashed. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't get on it yesterday. But, but that's not that's not the only oh. news that Amazon had yesterday. Yesterday, we got to look at the Bloomberg Billionaires Index and found out that Jeff Bezos is the richest person in modern history. Yesterday, his net worth cracked one hundred fifty billion. That is about $55 billion more than Bill Gates, who came in second. That, again, makes him the richest person in modern history. Gates. He's kind of like us now. Yeah. 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 He's yeah. the everyman. Right. <laughs> $150 billion. He'll probably fly coach from now on. Right. $150 billion. It just blows my mind. Okay, so you want to be happy? You want to live a long life? You know what you got to do? You got to live near some water. That is, according to a new study from uh, Exeter University, or Exeter, Exeter Medical School, I should say. This guy's been studying the effects of what's called, quote, blue environments, people who live near the water. And according to the lead scientist, Michael DePledge, he says that spending time near the water, quote, promotes physical activity and general fitness. It also slows down our heart rate and reduces stress hormones, boosting our mental health. I mean, that, yeah, it could be a lake, could be a river, could Come be Come to the ocean. Great Lakes. There you there go. You go. Great lakes. freshwater source on the planet. Michigan is surrounded by lakes. There you go. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, of all the bodies of water, check out the Great Lake. I'm a big beach guy. Bill, you're a big beach guy. Go there, feel happy, live a longer life. And one final story, by the way, we talked about Elon Musk and his meltdown on Twitter oh, over the yeah. weekend. Uh, investors took note yesterday, Tesla's shares fell 4%. Some of his investors are awfully worried about his behavior. Yeah, that was so stupid. Yeah. So dumb. Yeah, a guy that I, I was one of my heroes until uh, this latest lap. This is the Bill Press Show. Collusion? What do you mean there's no collusion? We saw collusion yesterday. We saw it happen right in front of our very eyes with Donald Trump standing alongside of Vladimir Putin. Hello, everybody. On a Tuesday, July 17, 2018, great to see you today, and thank you for joining us as we try to make sense of, you can't make sense of it, but unravel and figure out what the hell happened and where we go from here uh, Donald Trump back in the White House, but that's not the end of the story. Um, good to have you with us today, wherever you are in this great land of ours. We are there right alongside of you online on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. 
We're there with you on television, on Free Speech TV, and out in the greater Chicago area. Hello, WCPT listeners. In studio with us, Congressman Dan Kildee from uh, Michigan's 5th Congressional District. Um, we uh, have, always have a lot to talk about, but boy, today of all days, Congressman, um, let's just get your general reaction to this uh, news conference between the president and Vladimir Putin. It, it's, it's astounding. I, ne- I didn't think I could be shocked anymore by this imbecile, uh, but he's done it. And I guess the most flattering thing... We all thought we'd heard the worst from Donald Trump. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yes, even for us, critics exceeded the worst. Yeah, and one of the things that's frustrating to me, and I hear this from some of the folks uh, even back home, who are still trying to say, yeah, but, But. Mm -hmm. you know, Hillary would have been worse. You know what? It's not about Hillary. Forget it. Forget about Hillary Clinton. That is history. You won the election. We see it. We know it. We live it every single day. And have never doubted it. Yeah. And, and you know what? It is what it is. Yeah. We take responsibility for that. So I don't, you know, Trump's going to say what he's going to say. But for all of those folks out there who generally think they're benefiting from his policies, I get that. But don't, don't default to making this a question about whether Hillary Clinton would be better or worse. I mean, we all have our opinions on that. But it doesn't matter. It does not matter. We have a president of the United States right now, today, that we have to deal with. The most flattering thing you can say about what he did is is that it was imbecilic. The, The other conclusions are far more nefarious. What in the hell is going on in this country? John Brennan, former head of the CIA, said it amounts to treason. Yeah, I think we've we've heard a lot more. I mean, he betrayed the United States. I mean, I don't know what the what the literal uh, definition or the legal definition of treason is, but he betrayed the interest of the United States in favor of what this simpleton sees as his own interests. Now, I don't believe it's in his own interest, but he sees his current everything through his own interest. So the question as to whose side he's on, he's not on the side of the United States. He's not on Putin's side. He's not on Melania's side. Mm-hmm. He's not on Don Jr.'s mm-hmm. side. Donald Trump gets up every morning, and the only thing he thinks about is what's good for Donald Trump. And, and, and of course, not being very bright leads him down a path that may not be so good for him, but his initial and constant instinct is to try to just butter both sides of his own slice of bread. You say about some people see this still about all about Hillary. So does he. He right? does, for sure. I mean, he yesterday does for sure. he went totally out of whack, right, off topic, everything, to, get, to bring it back to, look at me. I won the election. I beat Hillary easily. I ran a brilliant campaign. I got 306 electoral votes, uh, you know, uh, uh, he went you know, every on. time he says he doesn't quite get the no, numbers right. No, he doesn't quite get the numbers right. Right. But again, he had to, and then, where are Hillary's emails? Why aren't you, get, why the aren't server. you out after, and, and why did, didn't they give up the server in this whole thing? You know, there's so many aspects he of this. Keeps try, he wants to bring it all back to Hillary, as if, Congressman, he can't accept the fact that he did win. Yeah. I mean, he, well, I think that's the two one, years later, yeah. he's still trying to convince people, I won, I won. We know that. He's in Move constant on. search of some sort of validation. Yeah. 
and it's not going to happen. It's never going to come. The only way to validate yourself is to form, just to function in a way that's valid. And he's not he's not doing that. But in a sense, he already has his validation. He's got Air Force One. He's got the White House. He's got the job, right? But he doesn't get it. Stuff is not enough for him. <laughs> you know, the, there's so many aspects of this that are painful. Couple that come to mind beyond the obvious. One, we need a Republican Party in this country, and we don't have one right now. Amen. We need them to step up and not just express their disappointment. Right. Disappointment. Disappointment is when, you know, you spill your coffee. <laughs> Disappointment? Yeah. Where's, I mean, it should be outrage. It should be unfettered outrage at a, at a president who has placed American interest behind his own. And, and in doing so, has actually placed Vladimir Putin ahead of everyone else that he interacts with, because it clearly his interests uh, lie in keeping a cozy relationship with this, with this despot. But the other part of it is that, that, that is so offensive is this is the same president who criticizes NFL players for using their, their mm-hmm. First Amendment right to express themselves by taking a knee at a football game, for God's sake, at a football game. Something as trivial as a game of sport played on television. And he expresses all this moral outrage, and then he himself kneels before Vladimir Putin. What a jackass. Yeah. Can I say that on the radio? You can. You just said it. Okay. You just did. Okay. (laughs) And we love it. All right. But, yeah, you know, and... And it gets to what I kept thinking all during the news conference yesterday was, this is Charlottesville all over again. It's I, I think it's Charlottesville worse, worse yeah. in some ways. I mean, but it's, it's, hard, this, it's hard to... This moral equivalency of, uh, Peter, that one clip where he said, um, I blame both sides, both countries are responsible... I hold uh, both countries responsible. I think that the United States has been foolish. I think we've all been foolish. We should have had this dialogue a long time ago, a long time, frankly, before I got to office. Uh, And, yeah, I mean, in a sense, we all say we ought to have better relations with Russia, but you can't ignore what Russia has done. And he says that the Mueller investigation... That's why we have bad relations with with Russia, because Mueller's conducting this investigation. Nothing, Congressman, nothing about annexing Crimea, invading Ukraine, shooting down a Malaysian airliner, poisoning agents on U.K. soil, assassinating political enemies, infiltrating this 2016. No, they didn't do anything wrong. Right. We did everything wrong. Right. And in the same breath, as many Americans will be rightfully critical of Bashar al-Assad and all that he does. How does he get away with that? Because Vladimir Putin right. supports him. Yeah. I mean, so the, the, and, the problem with the president... And maybe even assisted in his use of chemical weapons. We don't know for sure. But he certainly supports him. Sure. Even though he's using chemical weapons. I, I, I mean, it, it's, it's so hard to not default into amateur psychoanalysis here. But it does seem as though this, this equivalency that the president always searches for is rooted in the fact that he has no understanding of morality himself. I mean, in order to... Yeah. In order to apply some judgment, you actually have to have a source of morality to apply to the situation. He doesn't have that. Everything for him, it seems, is purely transactional. 
purely transactional. There's mm-hmm. two sides, eh, yeah. you know, both sides. They're, they're, but, they're, this equivalency is based in the fact that he doesn't have, he doesn't seem to have a moral compass of his own. But you're right. I mean, in Charlottesville, it was there are some good people on both sides, right? Yeah, there's some good people among those white supremacists and those neo Nazis. But you know, in Helsinki, it was there go some good people on both sides. But I take this side. Yeah. No, no, that's exactly true. But I take um, this side, which yeah. is against us. Yeah. Yeah. It, What's the difference between what he did and somebody who burns the American flag? Um, somebody who burns the American flag, while we might find it objectionable, does not side against the American people. They find the most way, the most significant way they can to express their outrage. About American government yeah. policy or something, a war. I, I might Vietnam. not. It's certainly not something I encourage. I wouldn't do it myself. Um, this is a guy who has actually taken sides with essentially our enemy. They attacked us. In the 21st century, the form of attack, you know, is a little different than it was in the uh, 19th and 20th centuries. They attacked yeah. us, and they continue to attack our democracy. And Trump's good with it. So what, um, you know, we heard Jeff Flake, Newt Gingrich, you know, the whole list come out, Marco Rubio, even Mitch McConnell, even Paul Ryan say some critical things. What do you expect them to do, number one, and what could they do? What would you like to see? What action would you like to see? Well, and I would. It's, it's hard to say specific to Realistically, this. Realistically, what? Specific to this situation, um, you know, I would, I would like to see even stronger rebuke. Mm-hmm. But I actually, I, I, this is a slightly different tack. What I would really like to see in response to this is that they get up in the morning every day and go do their jobs and stop giving Donald Trump more authority than the Constitution grants him. Because right now, for the year and a half that he's been president, Paul Ryan has made Donald Trump the Speaker of the House, and Mitch McConnell has made Donald Trump the leader of the Senate. They should just do their jobs. And, and send the, the president legislation. Yeah. And if he wants to sign it, put your big old signature on it. And if you don't, you know what? Fine. Yeah. But the I, what, what they I, will not bring an item up for vote unless they know Donald Trump gives them the green light. And it's, you're right. He, he, they let him decide what Congress votes. He has on. a pre veto on everything. He is the leader of the House and the Senate and the White House. And of course, um, now. You know, absent some, uh, you know, some miracle, um, he will have his majority on the Supreme Court. This is a, you know, I'm not one that is that is prone to hyperbole. This is a pretty frightening moment for us right now, because I, there, it's not clear to me that Republicans in the House and Senate, absent this congressional election, forget about that for a minute, that they will understand this moment in history. And act accordingly and take back the rightful authority that they have uh, in the Constitution and just do their jobs. I would feel so much more comfortable with this imbecile in the White House if I felt like the natural checks and balances that were written into this elegant document, the U.S. Constitution, were, were being exercised. They're not. Could Congress pass a resolution 
um, condemning what the president said yesterday. For sure. And, and I think that's an, that would be an appropriate step for us to take, a strong uh, condemnation of the president's words and behavior, uh, I think, are completely in order. And maybe a resolution uh, affirming what the Justice Department and the Director of National Intelligence have stated in terms of the reality of Russia's interference in the 2016 election. Uh, clearly, I mean, uh, that that indictment of t- t- the 12 military officers last Friday was so s- detailed, so specific, so evidential. I mean, it, it was all there. There was no doubt about it. Yeah. And, and Congress you know, could say, we accept this. We believe it. It happened. Right. And, you know, credit where credit's due. Kudos to Chris Wallace at Fox News, who, you know, that's not a yeah. a source that I depend upon. Uh, but credit where credit's due. He handed Vladimir Putin the, the indictments. Yeah. He had more steel in his spine than the person who swore an oath to uphold the Constitution of the United States. A low bar, admittedly. Right. But at least it was put uh, in front of him. Uh, yeah, and Putin wouldn't even look at them. Could Congress also ask for um, the, uh, uh, by resolution, I guess, to ask for the extradition of those 12 uh, We officers. clearly should. And, of course, everyone says, well, we know that they won't do it. Okay. Yeah, no, okay. I don't, you know. Yeah. Fine. But that doesn't mean that we we just walk away and say, you get to, because you say so, you get to win every fight. We have to stand up and fight for our country once in a while. There's a lot of people who have done this and given up a much greater sacrifice than Donald Trump could ever imagine. Right. So let's just honor them by standing up for our country and demanding some form of justice. Again, you know, some these people should be brought to justice. Now, of course, Putin will will uh, protect them. Yeah. They were acting at his direction. He ultimately is the person who's responsible for all this. Anyone who believes that this former KGB agent who has a firm uh, and, and, and uh, unwavering control over every mechanism of the Russian government did not direct and oversee this attack on our democracy. Whoever's, whoever takes that position is ignorant. Uh, the, um, with, with, these, with these 12 military officers, it's also, I thought it was reve- very revealing yesterday, uh, that Putin... Um, did say affirm oh of course i wanted donald trump to win yeah it's interesting he there were two questions posed to him that he answered uh in that moment in the affirmative he wanted him to win and he, did he direct uh any of his uh, officers and officials to pursue that and he said yes i did yes i did now you know one could argue that maybe he was only answering the first question but i thought that was interesting the other one was interesting, which I don't think uh, anyone has been asked before, is uh, do you have any compromising material? He didn't say Donald no. Trump? He didn't say no. <laughs> no. We played this earlier, but it's worth playing again because he made the argument, he made the point, which Donald Trump himself has contradicted, that when Trump was in Moscow for the Miss Universe pageant, Putin didn't know who he was and didn't even know he was there. Now, if you go back to Donald Trump's interviews at the time, oh yeah, he said, "Oh, they, I talked to Putin." All I know the time. Putin. Yeah, yeah, I know Putin's one of my. I have a very special relationship. The whole thing. Now, one of them is lying, or both, uh, or both. Yes, more likely. And he says, to, "Well, for example, everybody comes to Russia. We don't. We couldn't. We couldn't do this. There were 500 people at this one meeting recently in St. Petersburg. 
there were over 500 American businessmen, the high-ranking, the high-level ones. I don't even remember the last names of each and every one of them. Well, do you remember, do you think that we try to collect compromising material on each and every single one of them? Well, it's difficult to imagine. Yeah, not on each and every one. I don't not on each and every one. It's <laughs> just on some. It's yeah. difficult to imagine. Not I impossible. Don't I don't think it's difficult to imagine right, at no, all. Sure. Knowing the KGB. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> it almost sounds like he's going to... St- I mean, obviously, this through but, a translator, but through his words, it's just kind of like, I dare you. I dare you. Quick little tangent, I know, but personal anecdote... Uh, under the Soviet Union, last year the Soviet Union, uh, Carol and I, with our kids, were in Ukraine and in Russia and in Russia, in Moscow, on a on a peace mission, and we decided we were going to go off to St. Petersburg to visit some refuseniks. Mm-hmm. We went off on our own. Wow. We made our own. We left the group. We didn't tell anybody. We didn't get permission to it. We bought airline tickets. And we went off on our own, left the group, went to the airport, flew to St. Petersburg, and we got off the plane in St. Petersburg, and there was a member of the Russian government waiting to greet us with a car and a driver and took us to our hotel. Mr. and Mrs. Press, welcome to St. Petersburg. Now, you can't tell me that they they don't... Yeah. That they know everything about everybody who goes there. Yeah, when press or Trump show up, they pay attention. <laughs> Do they have any compromising material on you, Mr. Press? No comment. <laughs> and now for the news. It's difficult to imagine. <laughs> oh man, yeah, you you are overdrawn on that one account. That's probably about it. <laughs> right. right. No, but just showed. I just thought, oh my God, this place. They really. Uh, oh they, yeah, for sure. Have, and and. and no, right. there's no that has not changed. Microphones fact, and cameras in every hotel sure. room. Yeah. yeah, probably microphones in the uh, in the meeting room in Helsinki where the two met privately. Well, I was going to ask you about that too. So they met for over two hours, right? Just the two of them and their translators. And so and what, we still have no freaking idea. Well, what and, they talked about. And what you Trump, know, Putin does. Yeah, for sure. He probably had a little device on him. Yeah. And what Trump did in the news conference was gave what he thought was the sanitized version of that conversation. Can you imagine what, you know, the more oh, yeah, acceptable. Right. Can you imagine what he may have said in the one-on-one meeting where he did right. not trust uh, Bolton to be in the room? Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't trust Pompeo to be in the room. He didn't trust uh, Huntsman John Kelly, to Huntsman. be in the room. Right, right. Kelly, any of them to be in the room. Didn't want to have them hear what he needed to say to Vladimir Putin. And I don't know that there was an opportunity afterwards where Trump sat down with that team and unpacked and said, okay, we talk, this came up and I said this and I agreed to this and this came up and I agreed to that. I mean, you would think, you would think that that would have to happen. I thought, I thought but, it. I thought it was remarkable that Dan Coats issued his own statement without White House approval. I, I, I don't know if uh, if this will happen, but you know, it, to maintain any kind of honor and reputation, um, he should probably resign. If he had any honor, he would resign. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. 
Uh, so what about this one thing we do know that they talked about? In fact, Donald Trump said it was the best idea since sliced bread, which was, oh, Vladimir Putin offered to send his spies over here to work inside the FBI and the CIA and the NSA and we'll share all of our secrets, and they can help us unravel this whole thing. What a wonderful idea. We'll take you up on that idea. This is how the, ter- the, the, the Russian term, I don't know the translation, but this is where the, the concept of useful idiot was born. <laughs> this, yeah. The, the yeah. idea that he would entertain such an idea speaks to the man's, I mean, everyone says he's a smart guy. I'm not sold on that. And no, no smart person would would not understand exactly what Vladimir Putin was doing there. Uh, it's just, it's almost like it's beyond. We don't have to spy on you. We'll come here openly, and you will open your doors, and we'll just infiltrate without even having to lift a finger, right? Yeah. Because, pardon me, you're going to uh, give us the keys to Fort Knox, right? The the idea that, that Trump would not immediately see oh yeah you know oh what? yeah nice try Vlad one, one right. thing a bit of a tangent that goes unchallenged far too often is this assertion by Republicans and the president himself that there's no collusion oh yeah like well, we don't know that whether or not there's collusion that's the whole purpose of this investigation oh, no. right I would be happy to learn that there was no collusion. Uh, by the way, I don't do think not, it's a good thing, but we don't know that. We do not. For, I think we've seen, by the way, plenty of examples of it, uh, but we do not have that fact. We do not. We have not seen the evidence yet from Robert Mueller. Right. He's not concluded his investigation. Well, in this most, so the most they can say is Mueller hasn't shown, given any evidence of it, or charged anyone with it uh, yet. Well, there's this arrest that took place yesterday. I think could be revealing. Uh, on that particular question. I think the whole news conference was collusion yesterday. Yeah, for, yeah it was, for sure. <laughs> but the, the fact that, it, that simultaneous with that was this arrest of this yes, young woman yes. who's, you know, close ties to the NRA uh, was, you know, in, if one reads that, it, it's clear that there are American persons or uh, U.S. persons with whom she was interacting. Now, whether right. or not that constitutes collusion is another question. But that's over, that was over and above yeah. the Mueller investigation. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, we, Congressman, we've been here before. We've been here many times. We have talked before about the question of impeachment. Right. And I believe, I don't want to put words in your mouth, that you have said, yeah, you certainly think there are impeachable offenses, but now's not the time um, maybe to move forward. Do you still believe that today, after uh, yesterday? I'm, I'm rethinking that, to be honest with you. I've been, th- I've been struggling with this all night long. Uh, because I take that question very seriously, I know you do. Um, and I, I, I'm, I can't say that I have the same position that I had even yesterday. This is really troubling. This is really troubling. If there were not a case for impeachment before, yeah, I could see why a lot of people, and again, I'm not putting trying to put words in your mouth, could say, "Well, I wasn't sure before, but now I am." That yeah, there is I'm, a case. I'm, I, I'm no longer of the of the view that it's something that should be off the table. I, I hate coming to that conclusion, but this this president represents a danger to the interest of the United States. He really does. 
have you gone so far as to say there is a case now to impeach him now? We had some discussion even on that yesterday, and I, I think there'll be more in the next few days. I can't say that that's the conclusion that I'll draw, but I will say this, that the, the president uh, has uh, acted in a manner that has encouraged those conversations. But you're, de- you're definitely rethinking it. Mm-hmm, for sure. Thanks for coming in this morning. My pleasure. All Thank right. you. Yeah, always good to see you. Uh, Joe Sirincioni from the Plowshares Fund, our own foreign policy guru. Well, we show, share him with the Plowshares Fund, uh, and we <laughs> share him with a lot of other networks, too, and uh, and some good friends in Congress who depend on his assistance as well. Uh, Joe Sir- It's a quick break. We'll be back with Joe Sirincioni, and thanks to Congressman Dan Kildee. Thank you. Thanks. This is The Bill Press Show. Here we go on a Tuesday, July 17, uh, wrapping up our coverage of the, uh, I don't know, what's the word for it? Disgraceful, certainly unbelievable, uh, I think shameful news conference yesterday, the President of the United States and uh, the President of the Russian Federation. We're brought to you today by the American Federation of Government Employees, as good men and women of the AFGE under President J. David Cox, keeping our federal agencies Working and strong day in and day out. Salute them. Thank them for the good support of the program. And welcome to the program. Uh, our good friend from the Plowshares Fund. Uh, they they lend them to us every once in a while. Uh, Joe Sirincioni. Hi, Joe. It's great to see good you. Good morning. Thanks for having me on, Bill. I have to tell you, uh, Carol asked me last night, well, so who are you going to have on tomorrow <laughs> to talk about this? And I said, well, Joe Sirincioni, for once. She says, oh, good. I was hoping you would say that. <laughs> Wait, when you say talk about this, you mean the uh, home run derby last night, no, right? The Not the, derby, which was remarkable. Let's talk about it that. It was amazing. A bit of good news. Uh, what a finish. You see his bat flip at the end. We're talking about Bryce Harper. Look at Bill. I, I know the, what you're talking about. The first two-handed bat whole... flip I've ever seen. I just, Joe, I have to say, Bill. I think the whole <laughs> thing is so dumb it every was, year. Oh, yeah? Well, there's about 46,000 fans last night who disagree with yeah. you. Well, <laughs> guess what? Why? I'd like to see Harper hit those home runs during the season, uh, during uh, regular uh, okay. games, okay, not during okay, some okay. stupid Cut it, cut it, carnival. cut this right here. <laughs> On that, we can agree. I'd like to see more yeah, of him during where games. where was he? He says, yeah. Anyway, All right. let's get back to the real this. Right, right. Uh, Donald Trump, I knew we were in trouble with the very first words out of his mouth yesterday when he shows up at his news conference with Vladimir Putin. After the two of them, one-on-one, had spent over two hours together with nobody else in the room with them, no Secretary of State, no National Security Advisor, no Director of National Intelligence, no Chief of Staff, a translator only. And he steps up and he said, hey, you thought that there were some problems between the United States and Russia? They have disappeared. Here's Donald Trump. Our relationship has never been worse than it is now. However, that changed as of about four hours ago. I really believe that. It all changed four hours ago when they shook hands. Unbelievable. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's, a, he's a healer, I guess, Donald Trump. He's, he's got a magic touch. He touches Putin, and everything is solved. Everything is resolved. You know, I heard Mike McFall last night at MSNBC saying, you know, I, I know that translator. The translator that was in the room, uh-huh. you know, he's been with her. So they should take her, and they should put her in a quiet room very far away from the White House staff and debrief and find out everything that went on in that room because she's the only one. Who can tell us right now? Will we ever find out what happened, what they talked about, what they agreed to? 
I think the reason they had the meeting like that is because Donald Trump doesn't want us to find out, that he doesn't want us to know. This was not about private time. There's all kinds of ways you can get private time with the leader. You can take a walk in the woods. You can have this kind of conversation. Yes, you can do that, and this is, is a good thing. So let's get over the principle that somehow there's something in, you know, important that, that leaders have to do like this. This is not normal for the hundredth time. This is not normal. And, and so I, I doubt very much that we're going to actually find out what happened unless our intelligence service is even better than I thought and that they somehow were able to monitor that conversation. Or to bug them. Yeah. You know, bug the room, That's bug what I Trump mean. or bug. But you know that Putin was wired. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He's Putin. I'm sure he gave his, his, uh, his colleagues a complete readout after, unlike Trump. As far as we know, he did not tell anybody. What happened? There was no readout. There was no meeting afterwards where he debriefed his senior advisors. Uh, now, among the many incredible things that the president said yesterday, disgraceful things, I would think, one is he said, basically, um, both sides are responsible. Ah, uh, yes. And uh, it's sort of like Charlottesville. I thought it was very much like Charlottesville. There's some good people on both sides. Uh, but this time he kind of went a little farther that, yeah, the uh, both sides are responsible, but I really think we're more responsible than they are. Uh, yes, and that is the this statement. moral equivalency. So, what does that say about our foreign policy? Right. You can ha- have lots of disagreements with the United States. What we've done in the past, you know, started going all the way back. You know, but we agree on a few basic things that you know we're loyal to this country. We believe that the the liberal international order that we built over the last seventy years is sound and, and it works. We believe in collective defense. You know, we we believe in in basic freedoms, and that's what the Western Alliance stands for. That is not what Putin's Russia stands for. I mean, these both Putin and Trump hate the press. Both Putin and Trump, you know, uh, trash the press and uh, disparage the press, and and would like to get rid of the free press. Putin kills journalists. He assassinates political uh, uh, appointees. He throws people into cells and they're never heard from again. He arrests his billionaire rivals. I mean, there is a clear difference between the two systems we have. And our system, for all its flaws, is the the hope of the world and the one we have to defend. And that is what's so troubling. Trump did not defend that system. He did not defend those values. He walked away from them. And that's why he's in a political earthquake today. And he, on in terms of the intelligence, in terms of, of uh, Russia's in, uh, involvement in the 2016 election, um. he said, yeah, well, Dan Coats tells me they did, but Vladimir Putin very strongly says they didn't. And so basically, I believe Putin. So... I mean, he said, yeah. I believe Vladimir Putin over our NSA... FBI, CIA, NDI, everybody. 17 intelligence agencies. National Intelligence Intelligence Committee. Complete agreement. No dissent. Yes. Right? So everybody believes, the Coast Guard Intelligence Service believes this. Everybody believes this. And he says in a very admiring way, in this really kind of creepy, weird way, that Putin was extremely strong. This mm-hmm. emphasis, right, on the right. masculinity. He was extremely strong in his denial. I don't see why Russia would do that. Right. Here he is. I have great confidence in my intelligence people. But, but, uh, but. I will tell you that President Putin was extremely strong and powerful in his denial today. 
You're right. And then he said, I don't see any reason why Russia would do that. And, you know, my intelligence people, the way he talks about my generals, like this imperial my, imperial, you know, I own this. No, no, they're not yours, Mr. President. They're ours. They're ours. And he threw them under the bus. And you saw Dan Coats immediately respond with a very strong Twitter message. And you see this, and this is the other thing that's happening, which is the, the, the pushback from the... What he would think of as the deep state, what we think of as a, our core national security establishment, is pushing back strongly on this. And you would think that just from a political point of view, Donald Trump would like would know this is the, these are the people you don't screw around with. But he is. He thinks he's above all this. That they don't matter. That he can just dismiss them, and it's and it's okay. But he's insulted them from day one, really. From the f- first time he went to the CIA and gave yeah. that rambling, weird, uh, uh, narcissistic speech in front of the Wall of Heroes at the CIA from day one. Right. Um, so when other nations around the world look at Vladimir Putin um, really agreeing with Vladimir Putin, uh, we'll look yeah. at Donald well, Trump, rather, agreeing with Vladimir Putin, bowing to him, surrendering to him. What do they say about what does that say about the position of the United States in the world? They say today? what the German foreign minister said today. We can't trust the president of the United States anymore. So you see our top leaders, you know, from one of the, the largest economies in in the world, Germany, uh, the, the really a cornerstone of, of our Western alliance, saying you can't trust us. And this of course comes at the is the capstone of a week of Donald Trump's wrecking ball tour. Of, of Europe, where from the moment, from the when it was in the air, he started, and from the moment he sat down, he started wrecking, attacking the core pillars of of, of our national oh, security. I forgot that that just happened. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's right. You know, I'm mean, attacking NATO. You know, pushing these 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 demands that obviously he doesn't care about. He's used, just using them as attack point. Two percent. That's to have to spend two percent of their GDP on national defense. Uh, uh, and then when they agree to it, he says, no, no, four. It's got to be 4%. You know, so he has to agree. Yeah. Attacking the prime minister the way, of, and, of and, Europe. And as I know, you know, and we've talked about, he's not the one who came up with the idea of 2%. NATO had agreed to 2% in 2014 yeah. under the Obama administration. And maybe they'd been slow to get there, but they had stepped well, it up I mean, since he was pushing them. It, but it was just an excuse for him. It's, yeah, just an, yeah. it's just an issue to stick them with, like the gas pipeline. Does he really care about whether Germany's... It has a gas pipeline. Together, another long-standing I- issue that people have said, well, you mid Germany, you shouldn't do that. But he's just using it as an attack point. And if it's not that, it's something else. It's immigration. He attacks yeah. them on immigration. And so you, it's clear. The pattern is clear. He is attacking the core institutions. You know, he's threatening to pull out of NATO just the way he, he, he walked away from the G8, just the way he walked away from the TPP and the, the Iran a- a- anti-nuclear agreement and the Paris Accords. He's pulling out of all these core institutions that are what, the, what we call the rule-based system of international relations. And he wants to wreck it. And then he goes over and basically has a staff meeting with Vladimir Putin mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and makes it crystal clear to everybody what he's doing and where his loyalty's at. He, he attacked the prime minister of, of England. He lauds the president of Russia. That's what's gone. He's gone too far. And you can see it in the kind of political hurricane he's unleashed in the last 24 hours. Uh, and, of course, he attacked the prime minister of England and then denied that he had oh, yeah. until the son said, we got the transcript, dude. You said it. You said it. And yeah. you did not say nice things 
about her in that interview. It was all critical. It was all attacks. Well, you know, this so is just the lied. other thing again. That, that, that in all of this, he's he's looked very weak. He looked weak when he was in that that meeting with the prime minister, where he was, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. he looked really weak yesterday. A supplicant. If you look up the definition of obsequious in the dictionary, there's a picture of Donald Trump right now. I mean, that's what he was to Putin. Uh, and that has rattled his political base. That's rattled his political supporters. He said that he identified uh, to uh, Jeff Glor from CBS News. Uh, who are who are the foes? Who are the fo- who's Amer- America's foes today? And the first one he said was the EU. The EU, the European Union. Really, European Union. So who are the members of the European Union, Joe? There's 29 France? members of the European Union. 29, from okay. The, from, the, from the UK, and you work all the way over to, uh, it's, let's see, is Macedonia in yet? It's, 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 yeah, I think it is. But I mean, we're talking, Greece. certainly we're talking. It's Western yeah, Europe and Eastern Western Europe. Western Europe. We're talking our allies. The countries in the world that are closest to our model of government and our recognition of what basic freedoms are. And Donald Trump names them as our foes ahead of Russia, China, or North Korea. I mean, that would not be on anyone else's list. I, you know, that, spri- that that springs to mind is very, is deeply disturbing. But what he, that really does turn American foreign policy for the last, what, 70, 75 years easy, upside down. Right. Right? The whole purpose of U.S. policy since the end of World War II was to prevent another world war. And that's why we united Europe. And that's why we aided Germany, a country we had just defeated, and integrated them into a European system that they had torn apart repeatedly every generation since before there was a Germany and France, since there was just, you know, Franks and Goths. And we changed that. And we have 70 years of peace in, in, in the bloodiest continent in, in human history, Europe. And he is wrecking that. And why? Well, it's hard to say exactly why, but this is Putin's agenda. This is what Putin wants. He wants to take down the Western alliance. He wants to rip apart the EU. And somewhat for the same reasons, he thinks he's got a better political, economic, and diplomatic advantage dealing with these countries one-on-one than when they're united, which is exactly why we united them. And now Trump is taking that apart. Now, so the only person that I've heard who has really come out in full-throated defense of Donald Trump uh, I guess uh, I haven't even heard people in the White House do that, frankly. Uh, maybe I just haven't heard them, but Rand Paul did, Senator Rand Paul. I heard did. that. That was and disturbing. Rand Paul made a couple of points. One is we have to have good relations with Russia. This is important. This is a, a, a point that the president started out with yesterday. Um, it's important to have good relations with Russia. This is this is a good thing, not a bad thing. Yeah. Well, I'll, there's a, there's a kernel of truth to that. Right. So what happens in this? I was on Democracy Now! yesterday yes, with, with debated Glenn Greenwald, who I, I don't know very well. He used to be a very good reporter, maybe still is. But he had this pro-Putin line, too. He was Really? He's so, he's, really? Y- yes. Yeah. He's so, he's so anti-American. He's so critical of the United yeah. States. And this yeah. is a problem on the progressive left, that people you're mm-hmm. so upset with what our country's done that you, you, you feel like if you side with a critic of the government, if you side with Putin, that... That's a good thing. So you make an alliance, and you see how this has taken the left and moved it all the way over to the extreme right. It's it's a very funny kind of. And so the same argument from, from Glenn, as you heard from this, I was also yeah. kind of a libertarian, which is this value laden statements. 
It's good to get along. Isn't it better to have the leaders discussing rather than attacking each other and arguing? And so, uh, you know, isn't do, uh, we're, this is in a pursuit of peace. And you see the way Trump used my issue, the nuclear issue. I know. To, I, 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 to throw I, I, it around yes. like a shiny object. Yes. We have 90% of the, right. between us, 90% of the nuclear weapons in the world, which is true. <laughs> Russia and the United States have 92%. So therefore actually. we have to get along. Exactly. So you're looking for this kind of justification. You're trying to scare people into the consequences of not talking, of not cooperating. You're trying to laud this as a noble thing, as a statesmanlike thing. Right. And what are you actually doing? You're colluding. You are cooperating with probably our most uh, destructive adversary at this point. I don't want to call Russia an enemy, but they probably see us that way. And, and you're, you're helping them in their attack on America, on their attack of the Western alliance. Right. So, of course, so the, the kernel of truth is, of course, we diplomacy. Yes. We prefer diplomacy over military engagement, over war, right? And, of course, in the ideal world, we'd have good relations with Russia and everybody else. Yes. But you can't ignore what Russia has done, what right. Putin has done. And that's, right. that's what gets me to when Donald Trump says, blames the Mueller investigation for the fact that we don't have good relations with Russia. I mean, it ignores everything that Russia has done and Putin has done for the last few years, shooting down a Malaysian airline, invading yes. Ukraine, annexing Crimea, poisoning former agents on UK soil, interfering in our election. You mentioned earlier assassinating his political opponents. I mean, you can go on and on and on. And then Donald Trump says, oh, no. It's all Robert Mueller's fault. Doesn't matter. And as Dan Coates, the director of national intelligence, reminds us, continues to do on, quote, a daily basis. So this is the real problem. The attacks Dan Coates are said the red lights are blinking today. They're, right? they're continuing. So the 2018 election is in jeopardy. The 2020 election is in jeopardy. I mean, he is attacking us directly, not just with this, with phony Facebook pages and trolls on Twitter. He, they have penetrated and they've stolen voter records. Remember that we have a, we have a yeah, documented yeah, case. Yeah. 500,000 voter records stolen. What are they doing? Are they getting into our actual voting system? Could they actually physically destroy their voting system? You know, and so this is, a, and we, and, and there has not been a single hearing on, on Capitol Hill about this part of it. And what does Trump praise yesterday? What does he praise that Congress does? The show hearing they had on Peter, Peter, uh, yeah. Peter Strzok. Right. You know, yeah. that's what he praises. In his parting shot, you can see him almost like a, a swimmer that knows he's in trouble, drowning. He, he, he can't leave the podium without doing that one last shot, trying to switch the subject again. Yeah. With the Republicans, rather than holding hearings on, on the 12 people that were just identified or any yes. of the others who have been identified, instead, they're holding hearings challenging the FBI. Attacking the attacking FBI. Attacking the FBI. So this is what we have to hope. And you were just talking to one of the leading congressmen who can who can work on this on this issue. We have to hope that this actually does break some of the the phalanx of support for Trump. That people start to realize that their political fortunes will suffer if they remain lashed to the mast of Donald Trump on this issue because he's gone too far. He is over in treason territory now. And that's a line I hope leading members of the Republican Party will refuse to, to cross. This, does this 
meet the definition, the threshold of treason? Uh, John Brennan, yesterday, former CIA director, said that. Do you believe it does? It's real close. We need just a little more evidence, but his acts are treacherous. Uh, this could be, as John Brennan said, high crimes and misdemeanors. He called it treason. Um, I certainly believe it demonstrates clearly, more clearly than perhaps anything else he's done, that President Trump is unfit for office. He, uh, there's also, back to Rand Paul for just a second, he says, well, yeah, of course they tried to interfere in our election, but so do we. Oh, yeah. Everybody does it. Everybody does it, you know. Um, I don't know whether we, yeah. I, Peter, I forget now whether we had... Yeah, we do have Rand Paul here. Uh, I, I'd heard it so often I wasn't sure whether we had to bite or not. Here he is. If you look at things in the totality of this, you look at uh, the history of meddling in elections, uh, all of the nations that can spy do spy on each other, and all the nations that can meddle in elections do meddle in other elections. So right. no big deal. And, of course, if you look at the history of the CIA in uh, Chile, with Allende and in Vietnam, you know, under President Iran, Kennedy Guatemala, and Iran, Guatemala, Haiti, yeah, Cuba, yeah, we right. have overthrown more leaders, fairly elected or not, than than we can count. And the American people really don't know that history; it's right. hidden from them. So there, there is a point. Glenn Greenwald made this point in our debate yesterday. Same exact point. You know, Mom, all the kids are doing it. Mm -hmm. You know. Right. What's 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 so different ab ab about this? And there is some again, there's some validity to that. And we shouldn't do it. And we should clean up our own act. Have we, by the way? That's unclear. You know, t t Putin. And one of the reasons Putin is doing this and why he was so aggressive against Hillary, because he was convinced that the U.S. was doing it to him. He was convinced that we were behind all the colored revolutions, the, yeah. the popular revolts yeah. of the Eastern Europeans that overthrew their, their uh, Soviet-installed dictators, and the demonstrations that were happening against Putin. He was convinced we were doing it, and Hillary Clinton was behind it. Were we funding some of those groups? I think we probably were. This is what the CIA and intelligence services have done uh, for decades. Is it anything like what Putin is doing? I've seen no evidence of that, of this kind of direct interference, this kind of propping up. I, 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 if, if, they, if they have evidence that we're doing exa exactly what Putin is doing, show it to us. Bring right. it to us. Now, uh, I hate to go back to ancient history, but it's not that ancient. It's just like last week. <laughs> Which, let's remember, In Trump time, it's a year ago. Let's remember, before we got to Helsinki, there was the NATO meeting. Yeah. And then the EU, uh, the uh, UK visit, right? Yeah. So, um, in the in the wake of Donald Trump's full out assault on NATO, uh, he left saying NATO's stronger than it ever was, and he did sign the communique at the end of it. So, what's the shape of NATO today post this last week's meet? Still strong? Or? No, it's been weakened. I mean, he's, yeah. there's no question about it. And 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 one of the it's been weakened at the top. So you know, America's been the leader, and the other countries of NATO are doubting our leadership. You know, they, they, they think that President Trump is, is leading them over a precipice, and they're right. Yeah. So they're in disarray. I mean, what do you do in that situation? Do you pick another leader? No, you can't do that. So, th no, it's, it's, not, it's weaker. He so then he weaker. goes to the U.K. and says, well, mm -hmm. you know, Boris Johnson, too bad he left. Boy, he'd make a great 
prime minister. And I told uh, Theresa May how she should handle this uh, Brexit thing, and she didn't listen to me. And so basically it's her own dumb fault, and everything she's doing is wrong. By the way, a couple of days later, Theresa May comes out and says what his advice was. Did you hear what his to advice was? To sue the EU. Yeah. Oh, brilliant, Donald. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Sue them. It's right out of his playbook. Just, <laughs> right. sue, it. Just sue everybody. Yeah. Sue the European right. Union. So what does that do? Okay, that does two things. One, it undermines Theresa May, of course, yes. who's in the yes. fight of her life and may fall. And she basically was trying to make the best of a bad situation. They were looking for a soft Brexit. That is to right. say, keep the as many ties as possible together. Well, Donald Trump doesn't want that. He actually wants to break up the EU. And that's the second thing it did, is that it weakens the EU. It strengthens the Brexit forces in the UK, makes it much more difficult to negotiate a deal, and, and continues the disarray in the European Union. Donald Trump is back. We'll see him probably today somehow. Uh, Demonstrations, I understand, outside the outside White outside House. Outside the White House. There were some last night. Uh, what do you think the chances are Donald Trump is going to come out today and say, you know what? I really goofed up yesterday. He's never apologized for every, anything. I don't think he's going to apologize for this, despite the chorus of his loyal supporters who are urging him to admit he made a mistake. He won't do it. If only those chorus of his loyal supporters would uh, do something about it and take some action and not yes. just talk. That's Bill right. Sony, great to see you. Keep on keeping on. It flew right by, Bill. Thank uh, you. I know, me. indeed. That's because you're so good. Joe Cirincione at the Plowshares Fund. Plowshares. Have a great day, folks. We'll look for you tomorrow. This is the Bill Press Show.